0: Hey everybody, it's Matt. Our Growing Greater podcast showcases inspiring stories of innovators and transformational projects and it's all made possible thanks to the team at Drexel University. The faculty, staff and leadership of Drexel University, they believe in our mission and without their highly engaged support of our work, we could not do what we do every day to attract the businesses, jobs and talent that are driving growth across our collective community. Founded in 1891, Drexel University is one of the region's top 10 private employers with multiple campuses across our region. Learn more about Drexel University at drexel.edu and join me in thanking Drexel University for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia and their support of this podcast. of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11-county community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry.
1: I think that's part of what the drug is about the catering business because it is live theater, and you're used to juggling a lot of things all at one time
0: those of us who have worked on live events or who have attended a live event, we know this feeling all too well. There's an excitement and a pressure of making sure that an event is delivered as flawlessly as possible. It's a skill and expertise that can take years of experience to orchestrate the art of creating and catering a memorable event. On this episode of Growing Greater, we meet Michelle Leff, co-founder and president of 12th Street Catering. Michelle and her team they understand and appreciate, something that many of us who attend events may sometimes take for granted. It's how guests feel when they enter and explore and enjoy an event that's really key to their overall experience. And it's striving to hit that wow feeling, with guests remembering and remarking on how special an event made them feel, from the space, the decor, the layout, the lighting, the music, and of course, the food. It all comes together to leave a lasting impression for the guests and for the client. From a successful operation created nearly 40 years ago at Philadelphia's bustling Reading Terminal Market to owning and operating one of the most successful catering businesses in greater Philadelphia, we learn how Michelle and her team, including her husband, have navigated the culinary industry. We joined Michelle for a special conversation in the kitchen of her robust and remarkable 12th Street Catering Headquarters in West Philadelphia. Here, Michelle describes her company.
1: Well, I'm really proud of what we do and who we are. I think we're really special. We are a group of very hardworking, very dedicated people who have committed their lives to fostering a company that really cares deeply about doing amazing work, really proud of the fact that we are super creative, our menus are innovative. We are fortunate to be in a very large facility. We have a 32,000 square foot warehouse. Wow. And so that space enables us to have a lot of efficiencies. We can move people around and move materials around efficiently. And we have what I call our toy room. So what it enables us to do is to do beautiful events too. We have a room filled with props and decor. But on top of, and what's front and foremost about what I'm most proud of is in addition to doing all these beautiful events, I have this amazing team I have a group of people who have been with me for over 25 and 30 years. Wow, And that's special. It's really special, and I'm really proud of that. When I look around, every so often, as you were in watching the craziness of all the trucks getting loaded and all the food getting made, and we will look at each other over the chaos right, and sort of just smile at each other to yeah. appreciate that we've come a long way. And, and this is happening. This is
0: going on. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah, that sounds like it's fun. It really does. So you mentioned a 32,000 square foot warehouse. And I should share, we really have the privilege of having our conversation at 12th Street Catering. It is truly a dynamic, bustling workplace that, to your point, is being creative and innovative and not just in how people work together but how you are creating experiences and developing presentations and top quality food for your clients in ways that surprise people and is it unique for a shop like yours to be as robust as it is that's kind of where i'm going with this question is 32,000 square feet is that big is that small
1: I think it is a big facility. We're really fortunate to have found this space. It's on right on the cusp of Penn and Drexel's campus, super easy access to get, you know, in and out of the city. We are wholly embraced by both Penn and Drexel and feel like we're part of their culture. They're happy to have us here. And I think that, you know, it's just... Being able to tap into the amazing talent that we have here. Everybody loves, we're all foodies. We love to think creatively. And then we, on top of it all, we've had these amazing clients. People that have been with us for 35, 40 years, or 38 years, I'm sorry. Sure. Been with us for a really long time, and they trust us. Yeah. So the main goal all the time is not to exceed just our expectations, personal expectations, but the client's expectations. So, we always have fun when we'll, we'll set something up for a client, and then we'll say, wait till you see what we did. Yeah. And we love to see their face, and they're all excited, and they get to walk in and just say, you really nailed it. You just, you went above and beyond. Yeah. And kind of that is, in summary, what we all at this at 12th Street Catering live for, to go above and beyond.
0: You had mentioned you're on the cusp of the neighborhood where the University of Pennsylvania and Drexel University and, frankly, other great corporate citizens and civic partners are located, like the University City Science Center and the Wistar Institute and and others. We're at 3312 Spring Garden Street, just up from the Philadelphia Museum of Art. But your name is 12th Street Catering. So share with us a little bit about the history of the name and why it's called 12th Street Catering and and how you ended up here at 3312 Spring Garden Street.
1: Sure. It's a funny story. So I had just graduated, gotten my master's from Temple, and at that moment, I met this person who is now my husband, and he was not sure what he wanted to do with his life. And we decided that while he's pondering and I'm looking for work graduating from school, we would open a Mexican restaurant at the Reading Terminal Market. (laughs) (laughs) called 12th Street Cantina.
0: Okay. And And the Reading Terminal Market is on 12th 12th Street. 12th Street. Yeah.
1: So that was the genesis of the name 12th Street Cantina. Nice. And we had that actually just until recently. We had it for 36 years. Wow. And it was really, it was our baby. It was something we were really proud of. We made so many friends. It was a... Really incredible community, all like-minded small business people. It was really fun. We supported each other through the convention center construction, through the changes watching it evolve into this really world-class market. So it was a a fun and exciting experience for us. At the time that we started, I had no interest in food. I was not interested in being in the catering business, the food business, or any of that. I, was, I got a business degree and was probably going to do organizational development and group dynamics. That was what my training was. Right. And at the time when we had just opened the market and David loved to cook – doesn't cook anymore at all. I wonder what happened there. Ironically, yeah. (laughs) Ironically, but he used to love to cook. And he was making uh, a dish and the pan broke and he was making flan and the caramelized sugar burn his hand. So I had to jump behind the counter. I had just come in from an interview. I was in my Navy suit, carrying my little briefcase, threw my shoes off, jumped behind the counter. We had a long line and I had to cover the store for about three weeks until he healed. And during that time, both of our curiosity about things we could do. And we realized 38 years ago, there was no source for ingredients. You couldn't buy fresh produce, Mexican poblanos, dried chilies, chipotles, things that you can find that are common now. Mm -hmm. You couldn't find it anywhere. So we had this fun idea to go and travel all along the border, go to Mexico and California and all along the border states and look for sources to purchase ingredients and lo and behold we've now started a business we started a wholesale company and the ball started rolling and we found that we loved working with each other we've we've actually done really well we've worked together all these years and it's, it's been a great a great partnership so that was sort of how we jumped into it not long after we opened we won best of philly and we sort of realized we were on the right course we were busy from the beginning yeah And so then we opened Zocalo, which was a full-service Mexican restaurant at 36 Mm. in Lancaster. Okay. We had that for about 10 years. And then there was a period where our catering company just went crazy. Yeah. And we were realizing that if we continued on the course we had, I would be sleeping about two hours a day. Gotcha. So we had an offer for somebody to buy the restaurant, and we can then wholly focus all our energies on our catering company. And that's been amazing. So our focus has really been heavy for 20 years that we've been super committed to the catering, taking our clients who trusted us in the beginning. We started out as a drop-off catering company as our main focus. And we would do mostly corporate clients and we would deliver breakfast and lunch to their offices or a cocktail reception. And then we got one, our first really large corporate client was Accenture, which is still a really good client and really good friends of ours. And so we grew with them, started getting some Corporate clients who asked us to run cafes for them in their offices, mm-hmm. and again, just all within our comfort zone. And then they started asking us to do big parties, and we had to figure it out, and we did. And again, it's the same team, the crew of us that started out together, has grown together, and watch it all come together.
0: It sounds like you're having fun. I am. It really does. I am. Yeah, I'm having a really good time. Yeah. So I want to come back to some of the nuances that you shared with us and ask the 12th Street Cantina that was operating out of the Reading Terminal Market. Did you initially just start doing a little bit of catering out of that, delivering food to offices as you were suggesting before, or did you realize that you really can't run a successful catering operation out of a full-service restaurant?
1: Well, we were very fortunate that we opened a 12th Street Cantina at the Bellevue. Oh, okay. And the Rubens, who are dear people, mm-hmm. had and the entire organization there, the pre rubin crew, took very good care of us, and they knew that we wanted to incubate our catering company, and they had a space that had a lot of space behind it, so mm-hmm. we opened up a storefront with about ten thousand square feet behind it that nice. enabled us to
0: stage out of stage there, there nice.
1: incubate our company, mm-hmm. and so through that we first, as I said, started our focus on growing our corporate clients, reaching Mm -hmm. out, making connections, introducing ourselves. And then, of course, once they had us deliver a lunch to them, they would say, we're having our holiday party. Can you do that? Right. And so that's how it all sort of went from there.
0: You never know how these conversations and these relationships are going to evolve. It's really great.
1: So what we thought was ironic is when we saw this building, and it's 3312- Spring Garden Street, we thought, all right, serendipity, we're meant to have this location. Totally.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's great. I love that, Michelle. Thanks for sharing that story. So you also referenced David, who I would label apparently as co-founder of 12th Street Catering and 12th Street Cantina, co-founder, partner with you here at 12th Street Catering. If I can, let's dive in a little bit more to your time at Temple. How did you know David there? Or did you just meet him like at the last day of classes type of thing? No, we
1: didn't meet at college at all. Uh, A really dear friend of ours, mutual friend of his, Mm -hmm. went to school with me. And he kept saying, wait till you meet my friend. You're going to love him. Nice. And I met his friend.
0: And And I loved loved him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It worked easily.
0: But where I'm going with this is, you know, take us back to the kitchen table, if you will. You're looking for a job finishing school. I'm not sure. What was David doing at the time? And what led you guys to sit down and say, hmm, what about the food service industry? What about a restaurant? I mean, that's a pretty big leap. Was David in the restaurant industry at the time?
1: He was always entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. He grew up, you know, sort of the oldest child of the family, taking risks, taking care of things, making things happen. And he had been out of the area for a couple of years, helping run a resort. Mm -hmm. And they had food service, and campground, and a hotel, and so he knew he liked hospitality. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to come back here. It was a little too isolating where Mm -hmm. he was living. It was way up in the Catskills. Mm -hmm. So when he came back here, he was thinking this would be a fun thing to do while he figured out what he really seriously wanted to do. And so being entrepreneurial, I just rode on his coattails. Right. I was like, okay, I'm, you know, you're know, you 21, 22 yeah. years old. You, What do you have to lose? Right. You're not writing a, a master plan of what this future is going to look like. You're just jumping in and going to have some fun with it.
0: Yeah, you're having a let's go for it moment.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So that was sort of what spearheaded it. There would have never at any time at that point in my life, if you had told me that I would have ended up in the food business, I would have been shocked. Like food didn't excite me at that point. Yeah. And uh, now I live and study it, and I'm I'm totally
0: obsessed with food. It's a Tuesday morning coming up on 9 a.m., and we're huddled around the apron strings of a chef from 12th Street Catering. Beautifully seasoned lamb chops sizzle in a large skillet. Nearby, there's mounds of fresh spinach that are creating the foundation for a lush and colorful salad, And that infectious aroma of homemade biscuits that are popping out of the oven, it engulfs us. This is a typical morning for the team of culinary experts at 12th Street Catering creating outstanding food on a grand scale it's no easy task and doing it for multiple projects from box lunches for an office order to customized meals for a special event to exquisite culinary creations for a high-end VIP reception it all requires an organized precision. It's impressive to watch so many cooks in the kitchen, if you will, all working together to prepare mouth watering delicacies and foods with a flair that will be the centerpiece of someone's special gathering later that same day. And speaking of organizations that take pride in creating memorable experiences, let's take the pot off the burner for just a moment and thank the team at Comcast with proud roots firmly planted in Philadelphia, Comcast is a global media and technology company that has regional, national, and global reach. From Comcast Spectacor and Comcast Business to the NBC 10 and Telemundo 62 teams, Comcast's presence is abundant and authentic. The Comcast family of companies does much more than just bring together some of the best in media and technology. They are driving innovation to create the world's best entertainment and online experiences. And the professionals of Comcast, they also drive positive change across the communities where they operate. Learn more at Comcast.com and join me in thanking Comcast for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia and their support of our Growing Greater podcast. Now let's get back to our conversation in the kitchen with Michelle. So Michelle, share with us a little bit more about what I would call the nuts and bolts of 12th Street Catering. How large is the shop? You've been in business 38 years now. If you're comfortable sharing any of the, you know, how big you are business-wise or client-wise, whatever you want to kind of categorize it, you know, the success that you've seen in terms of the employees that you engage. And it sounds like you have a great culture here, which I want to dive into a little bit more. But how big is the shop, both business-wise and employee-wise?
1: Well, we've actually grown a lot, really proud. Even just in the last year, one of the things that really helps a caterer to gain some recognition in the marketplace is that you're invited to represent at a venue. If you open a building and you want to hire the best caterers, you get one or several yep. to represent you. And we've been fortunate to have so many and this past year alone we've we've added, in fact we're really honored to be at the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts, which is a terrific venue, the Academy of Natural Sciences. Yeah. We've got a lot of, you know, beautiful, wonderful venues. We're very proud of, and we work really hard with those partners. We get in here very early in the morning. Mm-hmm. We have about 100 people that work here full-time. Mm-hmm. It is technically a six-day-a-week operation, six and a half, because some many people do come in on Sunday night, a lot of hours here we get in here very early the team starts to do all the prep to get breakfast and lunch orders out yeah and then we have another team that comes in at about eight and they start to shift gears to start packing and prepping for all the events that are going out either that day or in the evening we have big sales crew that does both drop-off catering for the corporate offices and then the crew that does all the events planning from the details of placing rental orders to helping them organize their menus And so the team has grown significantly. We've got a whole crew of drivers that are out running around, taking the trucks out to drop stuff off. So it's it's a big team.
0: So I know you've touched on this a little bit, and I'd love to dive into it a little bit more with a little bit more nuance because it's not lost on me, Michelle, that you work with your sister, you work with your husband. So you're creating a culture, either you're really easy to work with, or you've created a culture where people want to kind of connect with each other and be helpful and focus on delivering the best they can do for their client from the moment they get up to the moment the event's over. And then even then they're thinking about, you know, how do we make it even better for the next event we're going to do for that client? So where I'm going with this is talk with us about either that first employee or that longest serving employee that has been a crucial part of your team. And how great it is when you find a a colleague who just fits so perfectly with the culture that you've created here at 12th Street.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I'm not, certainly not a Pollyanna corporation. I'm sure there are, people have, you know, things that they'd love to change. And I'm sure there's tons of things I can think of that I'd love to change. But overarching, we really deeply care. I think that I empower people. I think that might be the one thing that I do. I really let people take ownership. And once they take ownership, I think maybe what the key is I delegate pretty well. And I think that that enables people to run with it, run with confidence, and I'm going to support them. And if they make a mistake, you know, we're very quick not to point fingers. We can make a million mistakes in a week. It's hard business. It's live theater. So you're basically opening up a new restaurant every day. So the culture is not to point fingers, but to say, okay, what did we do? How do we do it different the next time? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember one of my general manager, Lupita, her name is Guadalupe Olivas, has been with us for 25 years now. When she first came here, she barely spoke English. Yeah, But I saw a sparkle in her eye. And I said, okay, you're going to go help us, but you need to go deal with the customers. I want you to go speak English mm-hmm. and learn how to help make yourself heard and understood and to become a good salesperson and to be a compassionate person, you know, to articulate. Yes. And she has been amazing yeah. to just watch her blossom and That's grow. Great. We've got so many success stories like that. People that just have been here and have committed their lives to it. Mm-hmm. And I think it really is Hopefully, my sense, again, it's very hard to be in it yeah and then to have an objective perspective on it is that we allow people to take ownership, to feel a sense of pride. It's their company, too.
0: Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And, you know, Michelle, I'm going to head down this path that is very respectful and very thoughtful to the colleagues that you work with every day. You know, you're a proud college graduate from Temple University who was focused on business. You have your master's, I think Mm -hmm. you you mentioned as well. I think that would surprise a lot of people to hear that you know the co-founder and owner of a catering company is as highly educated and successful in that educational endeavor as you have been. Because I think most people would probably make the mistaken assumption that the owner of a catering company started out as a busboy or as a cook, or as a dishwasher, and worked his or her way up through a restaurant industry and then kind of blossomed into this uh, food service success. So my point in all this is what I find so important that you've identified is that college isn't for everybody. And there's a great niche in life in the military in vocational training that is either in the culinary arts or in electricity or in other kinds of trades, welding, etc. And you have a snack for identifying that in people, it sounds like that you can see where their strengths are, you can give them the environment where they can build the confidence they need to be successful. And then they're committed to you as well. They're loyal to you and they I hope and suspect that they that they see that and they appreciate that.
1: I think that they do. And I I mean I certainly can't take all the claim on all the credit for sure. that. For whatever we do here, people do feel that they are embraced. That you know often we'll take somebody who doesn't have a lot of skill. We have a gentleman named Wilfred Dentist who came to us without a lot of culinary skill and he's a rock star. Yeah. Uh, we are willing to train people. We are willing to take somebody who wants to work hard and wants to learn. If you want to learn and you're eager to ask questions and be curious and you're willing to roll your shirt sleeves up, we're going to love you and we're going to embrace you. And so I think people have found that that gives them a place to call home, that they know that they're going to be fostered to learn new things. Today, they were trying to take a bunch of the chefs who, when we go to events, we want to make sure that they're confident when you're asking for your Tenderloin to come out medium. We want that to be able to come out medium. Yeah. And it was fun to come into the kitchen today and watch them letting some of the younger guys get training on how to work a hot box at an event because it's challenging. You're cooking with a live flame and you're you know you can't really regulate it all that well. It's fun to watch it and I love seeing that everybody here is excited to bring on the next team and bring them up to speed because yep. that helps us grow as a company. Yeah, nobody's threatened by oh I don't want to teach you because you're going to become better than me. No, it's as a whole, if we all teach each other, and we all support each other, we then become a better company.
0: Yeah. And everybody's successful. I love that. And I love the idea of watching how people navigate those new challenges of an open flame, and it has to be medium as opposed to medium well or worse.
1: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Because that's not a small investment.
1: No, no. And you've got 150 people staring (laughs) at you waiting
0: for their dinner to show up. That's right. You can't screw up. So, Michelle, one of the things I wanted to touch on when we think about 12th Street Catering, and I'm not even sure if you look through this lens the way I am now looking through the lens based on what I know about you and your team here at 12th Street, but I put it into a couple categories that I suspect maybe run in this order, which is employees, clients, community, and environment. And as I was doing some research on the 12th Street story, those four kind of buckets stood out for me. Is that something that you kind of bucket as well when you think about the operation here at 12th Street?
1: Every day I'm eternally grateful to the team that surrounds me and that they make this commitment, that this is their lives. This is not a simple job, it's not a nine to five job. So you are making a huge commitment to make this your career. To the clients, we are so fortunate. We have so many customers who have been our clients for such a long time. They're family. We celebrate with them. We laugh with them. We cry with them. They're deep relationships for us. Right. And the sustainability issue is huge for us. We work really hard on that. We spend a lot of effort sourcing ingredients. We compost everything. We've bought a huge baler. So we bail all our our cardboard, our boxes. We are really big on recycling everything as much as we can and composting, as I said, is a Mm -hmm. a big thing for us. And then we invested, we have a large roof
0: Mm -hmm. that
1: we uh, built a rooftop garden. Wow. So we grow our own herbs, a lot of vegetables, and we're happy to be able to do that.
0: That's really cool. Take me back to that kind of thinking, because I know you guys are very innovative here at 12th Street, but who came up with this idea of, hey, we got this space up on the roof. Maybe we should do our own garden.
1: Well, we have a gentleman who works here, John Jividen, who is really a green thumb. If my plant has five flowers on it, his has 15. I don't know what he does, but he can make anything grow. And so he loves to garden. And we said, well, you know, if you would be willing to put the manpower into making sure we do it right, would you like
0: this? Right.
1: And he was tickled pink. Yeah. So it's John's garden. Nice. And he just loves it. And he plants all kinds of every year, he gets excited about what he's going to put in there. And we all have fun going up there and seeing what we can pick and enjoy.
0: Yeah, that's really great. And I love that reinforcement, really, of what we were talking about earlier, where empowering employees, they come up with ideas, and you don't just dismiss them out of hand, you give them some thoughtful consideration, you listen, and you think about is this possible? And how could it benefit the business and our clients and our colleagues and, and our communities? Michelle, I want to talk about best and worst moments. And as co-founder and president of 12th Street Catering, over the 38-year career that you and David have built with your team, are there moments that stand out for you as, wow, that is one of my best, most proudest moments And I think back on? And then the flip side, the challenge, the, woof, that was a tough one. If I could go back and redo that day, I would be all over it.
1: Well, the the happy, the most positive days are when you, you know, we will do a day that we will plan and plot and plan and plot because it's Herculean in scope. We'll have weekends where the number of events that we have to accomplish, graduation weekend. Yeah. And we'll have the challenges. And so we role play and we sketch and we plot our, our action plan and then we replot it and then we tear it up and we plot it again. Yep. And through... A lot of hours of thinking and planning, we execute an amazing series of events. And we look at each other afterwards, and there's just such an amazing moment of pride. Yeah. So that is really the high moment.
0: Yeah. Any one particular event stand out for you? Like did you create an event for Pope Francis when he was here for the papal visit, for example, or did you provide a you know a stellar event for the CEO of a company whose daughter or son was getting married or something like that? You don't have to use names if you don't want to.
1: We've got millions of those stories. Yeah. And I yeah. wouldn't want to use any names because I'm so careful. I mean, I'm respectful sure. that somebody would choose me to trust to be part of their personal day, and I wouldn't want to. To do that. Right. But Penn Drexel graduation weekends are always a big, huge challenge for us for the number of events we have to orchestrate in a really limited amount of time, flipping from one event to the next. And we're really proud that they continue to hire us year after year. So we know that we're doing a good job. Yeah. And I think that makes a big difference. Yeah.
0: That's great. How about that worst moment, if you have one, if you've held on to it, that, you know, things just didn't go the way you thought they were going to go?
1: You know, I don't know that there's one moment that we've, we were actually a group of, of caterers. We were all together recently, and mm-hmm. we were all, they were sharing stories of the disaster event. I don't know that we've ever had a disaster event in Hull. You have disaster moments. Mm-hmm. I had a funny story the other day where the team, the, everybody was running around, it was a super busy day, and the whole team gathered here to leave, and a group of them went into one car and the other group grabbed one of the refrigerated trucks, and the other group grabbed a van with the staff in it, and they ran off to the event, and they got to the client's home, and they opened the truck, and nobody had taken the time to fill the truck. There Uh. was no food in there. And they had to turn around and come back. Right, That's the kind of goofy stuff. But thank God, Matt... We've had events, we've all had our moment of crises, yeah. but things that we were able to repair right. or to address before the event started, I think I would still be sleepless if I yeah. had an event that failed and I, I didn't didn't pull it off.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know this sounds obvious and you're touching on it, but one of the things that I'm a big fan of is that whole moment of it's not that you had that challenge where you turned around and saw that the van was empty. Maybe we grabbed the wrong van because we loaded a van. I think we did, right? And you took the wrong van and there was nothing there. The key is how you react to that particular situation makes all the difference.
1: Well, I think that's part of what the drug is about the catering business, because it is live theater, Mm -hmm. and you're used to juggling a lot of things all at one time. And so sometimes if you think about another industry that you'd be in, it might be a little mundane because we're always in crisis mode. And yes, that is part of the challenge. Actually, I have a funny story. We did an event for Andy Reid, and since he's all in the papers and everybody's excited for him – And we had ordered grills. All the Eagles guys were going to come, and we were going to do a big barbecue at his home. And we were there often, and he is a lovely man. And we had ordered grills to do this barbecue, and the grills, there was something wrong. Right. And we couldn't get them to work. Right. So we called the rental company. We always arrive hours before the event. Sure. And we were prepared to- Go to plan B. Wait, go to plan B. Wait, we'll be off an hour. Yeah but we'll still make it. So we called the company. They said, we'll get new grills to you. Well, an hour goes by and there's nothing there. An hour and a half goes by, we still have no ovens. Now at this point, we're starting to panic. We have 200 people coming and we've got a lot to grill. Yeah. And at that moment, Andy Reid turned around and looked at us and he said, all right, guys, let me see what you're made of. Yeah. And he turned to our chef Stan and he said, Stanley, go use my grill, start grilling. And we did, and we just it was really cute for him to recognize at that moment of panic. He stayed calm, he punted to us, and we handled it.
0: I love that. So I want to go back to, it could be Temple. It could be George Washington High School in uh, the far Northeast, right? Yeah. There's a young person who's listening to our conversation today. She might be 15, a sophomore, sitting in the same school desk that you sat in. Or he could be a junior at Temple majoring in business, thinking about what's next, has a little bit of an entrepreneurial bug, maybe loves to cook, maybe not. What kind of advice do you give to a young person who comes to you and say, Michelle, wow, you are so successful. You and David have built this really wonderful business and you've touched so many lives, not only your employees, but the guests who come to your events. Help me figure out what I want to do in my life. What kind of guidance and perspective do you share with somebody like that?
1: We have an open-door policy here. We have so many young people that come through here that say they might be interested in culinary career, what maybe in pastry or in cooking in the kitchen. We have an open door. We're excited to train them, to show them what we do. We love getting the older high school or young college kids and bringing them through the door and letting them join the ranks. I think you just need to pick up your hand and volunteer to make yourself available to try new things. So I'd say the message is don't be afraid to try new things.
0: As Michelle and her 12th Street Catering team continue to craft memorable culinary creations and events, we at Growing Greater look forward to being one of the tens of thousands of guests who feel inspired by their work and their commitment to a remarkably sustainable operation. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate and review our podcast and share it with friends and colleagues and family and through social media. Tune in to other episodes of Growing Greater at radio.com, wherever you listen to your podcasts or at selectgreaterphl.com slash podcast so as we close out this episode let's thank our friends colleagues and neighbors of chester county pennsylvania one of three original counties in the penn colony chester county is known for its bustling boroughs, preserved open space concentrated business parks and sprawling farmland these factors have helped chester county and many of its towns and school districts to stand out on numerous top 10 and best of lists in both the state and the country With nearly 30% of the county's land dedicated as open space and with more than 280 miles of surface trails, it's easy to see why Chester County's active residents help make it the healthiest county in the state. Factors that contribute to Chester County's ranking as the fourth happiest in the nation include the world-renowned Longwood Gardens. It's been voted the best public garden in the U.S the boroughs of Westchester and Phoenixville, which are each ranked among the top 10 most exciting places in Pennsylvania. And did you know that four of the top five Philadelphia suburbs in which to raise a family? They too are located in Chester County. Learn more at Chesco.org. That's Chesco.org. And join me in thanking Chester County for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia and their support of this podcast. Growing Greater is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia, a council of the Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. Select is the business attraction organization for northern Delaware, southern New Jersey, and southeastern Pennsylvania. And it helps to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses, jobs, and talent to our region. Special thanks to our program producers, Elena Karmazin and Mari Juarez, along with a great team of marketing and creative services professionals at our chamber. To learn more about establishing, expanding, and growing your business or career in greater Philadelphia, come visit us at SelectGreaterPHL.com.